The grade of this deposit is twice the average operating grade of an open pit heap leach in Mexico, and maybe three times the grade of that which you would find in Nevada. Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is Andrew Bowring, the President, Director, and CEO of Prime Mining. Mr. Bowring, welcome to the show, sir. Oh, thanks very much, Maurice. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you on the program to share the value proposition before us in Prime Mining, which is an advanced stage exploration company focused on delivering high-grade gold at a low cost and set for production in two years. Prime Mining offers a number of virtues to the market. Before we delve into company specifics, Mr. Bowring, please acquaint us with Prime Mining and share the opportunity the company presents to the market. Prime Mining is a relatively new company that's come to the market with the plan of bringing a well-established, well-studied gold deposit in western Mexico into production and, and in the next 24 to 36 months producing a profitable gold mining company. We're a collection of professional mining executives that have built mines in the past, uh, some capital markets personnel that have funded some pretty significant projects, and some, and some local Mexican operators that are very familiar with the region and know how to get it done. And, and collectively, um, we're going to deliver, build a mine, and pay it back to shareholders. You know, one of the virtues I like in a company are the complementary combination of astute geological and business acumen, which Prime Mining has been successfully demonstrating. Mr. Byring, take us to Sinaloa State, Mexico, where the company recently acquired its flagship Los Reyes project. Where exactly is the project located? And provide us with some historical context on the region. Los Reyes is in western Mexico in Sinaloa, in the southern part of Sinaloa, uh, both three and a half hours north by car of Mazatlan, a famous beach destination for tourists. And, and it's, in a, it's in the Sierra Madre Mountains, very famous for gold and silver exploration from the time of the conquistadors all the way up to the current. The region hosts numerous public company-operated mines. Uh, Chesapeake Gold is there. Uh, America's Silver is there. McEwen Mining is there. Uh, numerous others in the region, um, and I just can't think of any more right now. But uh, Los Reyes sits in the middle of that. It sits about 30 kilometers away from a, a 9,500 population town called Kosala. The project itself is about 6,500 hectares. Uh, it's had probably $20 million U.S. in exploration and development spent on it since the 90s. The project itself was, I guess, initially discovered in the 1600s and, and had historical production of several hundred thousand ounces of gold and millions of ounces of silver way back in the day and, and probably wasn't touched again until the late 80s, early 90s when modern exploration took over. For current and prospective shareholders, can you please answer the multi-million dollar question that Prime Mining presents to the market, and that is, why Los Reyes? Los Reyes is a well-established, well-studied asset that was available for us to pick up at a great time in the market. 
And, and to really answer that, I need to take you back a little bit. I need to tell you where this asset was and how it got to where it is. And so in the 90s, a company called Northern Crown had it. They put 393 drill holes into it, and then they took it through PFS, pre-feasibility, at a 325 gold price as an open pit heap leach. Uh, in 1999, gold was as low as 250 an ounce. The project got shelved. In 2000, Northern Crown went bankrupt. Vista Gold came along and picked up the asset, but they were busy with a company called Mount Todd, or a project called Mount Todd in Australia. Uh, by the time 2011 had rolled around, gold was $1,900, and, and Vista needed to have a look at this asset then. Uh, so they drilled a bunch of holes into it. They studied it, calculated a new resource, ran a PEA on it, engaged TetraTech to do the work, and TetraTech delivered a PEA that suggested they build a CIL plant, full grind, uh, gravity circuit, tailings compound, and yes, recoveries were high, but it was $150, $150 million capex to build and about a 30-some-odd million sustaining cost. And during the course of that whole study, about two and a half years, the price of gold dropped 300-some-odd dollars an ounce. Vista was busy shoveling money into Mount Todd, and so they mothballed the project and looked for a way to recoup the $8 million they had put in to do that study. Along came a company called Corex, cut a deal on the property, four payments of a million and a half dollars to own it outright with a 1% NSR. Corex merged with Monero Alamos, and there's three projects in their company. 2017 comes along, they make an initial payment of a million and a half on the property. 2018 comes, they don't have the money to make that second $1.5 million payment. They extend it for six months by a $150,000 cash payment, and that's where I enter the picture. I enter the picture in February of 2019. Monero Alamos has a bank balance of about 1.8 million Canadian and a 1.5 million US payment due to Vista in 30 days. We cut the deal with Monero Alamos at that point in time, and we got the project. So now we have bought a project for $6 million that has a 530,000 ounce high grade oxide deposit, well studied, we know what to do with it, and, um, and so our plan is to take all that work that's been done in the past and move it forward into production in the next couple years. What's important about this is that Mexico is one of those regions where you don't have to have a mining plan to get a mining permit. Evidenced by Silvercrest this year where they announced their PEA in May of this year and their mining permit in July. Monero Alamos who announced their mining permit at Santana just three or months ago and still has not announced a drill resource. Point is you can get a permit to mine in Mexico within 12 to 14 months. We know that we've got a resource that's well studied. It's already had a lot of MET work done on it. It's already had a bunch of rock engineering done on it. And consequently, we can short track it to production. That meets our operating plan. 
you know, this was a wonderful demonstration of the business acumen that I was referring to on the use of optionality here to acquire the project. You alluded to the mineral resource at Los Reyes. When was that conducted? Well, there's a few different resources that were calculated, but the most current resource was calculated in 2012-2013 by Tetra Tech. Uh, it is 43101 current. It's about 530,000 ounces of gold and about 10 million ounces of silver. And, and if you look at the grades of it, and keep in mind, this is all oxide. There is no transition zone, no sulfide zone. It's never been drilled deeper than 180 to 200 meters. And it's a 1.7 gram oxide deposit. In addition, there's a 500,000 ton starter pit that's at 3.4 grams. The, the grade of this deposit is twice the average operating grade of an open pit heat leach in Mexico and maybe three times the grade of that which you would find in Nevada. Can you repeat that for our audience members one more time? Yes, this is a 530,000 ounce gold deposit, additional 10 million ounces of silver, and it's at an average grade of about 1.7 grams, all oxide, open pitable, heat leachable. Uh, it, it's three times the average grade of an open pit heat leach operating in Nevada. It's twice We've put together 25 open pit heap leaches operating in Mexico, and the average of them is half this grade. It, it's that robust, and it's been calculated on the back of 493 drill holes and considerable surface work. It, it's ready. It's ready to mine, and it's in a place where it's ripe to mine. Mr. Barron, you have our attention. Open pit, heap leach offers simplicity, and a low capex equals the potential for generous profits. But there's more to the story. What can you share with us regarding exploration potential? That's the interesting part about Los Reyes. You know, there are those out there that tell you it can be a million and a half to two million ounce deposit, and that we should focus on some exploration rather than development. Okay, fair enough. But, you know, drilling off ounces costs eight to twelve dollars US an ounce to drill them off historically and so to drill off another half million ounces might cost me five to seven million US dollars uh, I would rather pay for that exploration out of cash flow so get it operating and then explore it so what I will say is that only seven kilometers of a known strike length of 17 kilometers have been drilled and if you just take the percentage of shoots that are mineralized, the average thicknesses, the average widths, the average depths, and the length, and model that all, that tells you there's about a million and a half potential ounces there. There are several surface showings that have never been drilled, but grade from three quarters of a gram all the way up to 15 grams on surface. And so, a lot of upside in exploration, but, but simply we're going to build a mine first, we'll get it operating, and we'll use those cash flows to build it bigger later. Speaking of cash flow, the company has ambitious plans to be in production in two years. How did management determine the timeline? Uh, well, um, we've looked at several other operations that have been built in the region, and that makes the most sense to us. And so we came public September the 3rd, We've been working to calculate a new resource and deliver a current resource that we understand, and we would like to have that done by the end of this year. Then, 
We will model it around an open pit heat bleach and deliver a PEA to PFS levels by uh, April of next year. Now, when I say deliver that PEA to PFS levels, I mean we're going to have two contractor bids for every piece of equipment we need to buy and at least two quotations on every process that we plan to employ in the operation of the mine. And once we have that document, we can make a production decision on it. And we're pretty sure that we're going ahead with this just because of its grade and its size. But once we do, then we have to wait for that mining permit. Now, we started the process of applying for the mining permit this week. That's about a 12 to 14 month process. When that's completed, we can start the construction. Construction of an open pit heap leach like this will take about eight months in the region. The only thing that would slow us down would be the rainy season, September and October. And if we get caught at a certain part of the build during that time, we could be slowed down by a few weeks. But effectively, that's about a two-year process then from start till finish. At that point, we would be employing uh, mining operations, crushing and stacking on our leach pad, and latency in the pad might lead you 60 days to 90 days before you recover gold, which would put you in that 24 to 30 month period. That's pretty well the timeline for the whole process. And and look, we're you know we're optimistic, um, but. But there's a lot going on in this company as we speak. There are four crews on the ground itself doing surface geology. There is a team of two geologists, one in Vancouver and one in Tucson, Arizona, uh, doing modeling of all the drill hole and all the data we have right now. There is a team in Boise, Idaho, that's doing the engineering. So I'm talking about the haul road design, the leach pad design, the waste dump design, and the pit design, and, and, all, and then the operating equipment. So there are teams all over working together to put this. So I failed to mention there's a team in Mazatlan that's working on the environmental and the engineering to get the permitting completed. So, uh, in summary, I just you got to look at the people in this company to understand how we think that we can do this in a short period of time. And we're going to address that here shortly. I'm intrigued. Can you please provide us with a tour of the conceptual site plan? So keep in mind that Los Reyes was on track to be an open pit heap leach back in the 90s, late 90s, when, when the price of gold and, and bad market conditions totally derailed it. But it's a short time to get that done. Now, our plan is not to buy our own rolling stock. There are several contract miners that operate in Mexico. And so we're going to employ contract miners to do the mining and the crushing. We will take that crushed rock, agglomerate it with cement and cyanide, stack it on our leach pad, operate our own carbon recovery circuit, and then we will harvest a pregnant carbon and ship that off out of country for stripping. And, and that's a common practice down there. McEwen Mining ships carbon out of country to have it recovered. Uh, so does Argonaut. We want to do that so that we don't spend that extra time and extra capital cost in building an ADR plant to recover our own gold. We will look to 
pay a third party to strip it or potentially sell it as an offtake. Now, Mr. Bowering, what type of activity is being conducted currently on site? One of the interesting things about Los Reyes is that when they first did all the drilling on it, they looked for adits where the old miners had gone underground and, and, and simply mined, and they drilled out from those. So you have these 493 drill holes that pierce the structures between 80 meters and 180 meters below surface. Interestingly, though, there was never a coordinated surface trenching program done on the property. And since we're planning an open pit, we want to know exactly where all the structures are at surface. Now, all of the structures, at least in the first three deposits that we plan on mining on the property, sit on the dip slope. You can stand on them. They outcrop. But as I mentioned, the drill holes don't pierce them higher than about 80 meters below surface. That means that the model that's out there right now, that was 530,000 ounces they talk about, mm -hmm. either has some inferred on the surface or it's considered waste rock. We are doing a massive surface trenching program, a 5,000 meter surface trenching program on the property to fill in all those surface data points of the deposits. So there are four crews on that property and a crew is made up of one geologist, four diggers and three samplers. There are four crews like that working on that property as we speak. That's on site. In addition on site, we have a couple of D6 cats opening up the drill roads and the trails that have gone around the property because no one's been actively working there in over six years. And so we're cleaning it all up, getting it ready to run new LIDAR surveys and get everything ready to finalize our plans. Let's discuss some important topics germane to the project, beginning with reversionary interests. Are there any on the project? There is a NSR due to Vista Gold, 1% of all production on the property, and then there are some other royalties on claims. Overall, there's about a 3% royalty on the whole project, and uh, that's very typical in Mexico. Most projects in Mexico have about a 3% royalty. And so that's all in our models and, uh, and uh, doesn't change any of our economics. Uh, aside from that, the, the only other thing that's out there is a Vista Gold has a back-in right to a participating 49% in an underground operation. Now, keep in mind that we are planning an open pit heat leach. Right. So there's no ability for Vista to back into that. But if somewhere along the line we said that we want to start an underground operation based on, based on an economic study or a, an engineering study that we've done, they would have, they have a 60-day right of first refusal to back in and pay 49% of the cost to enter that. It's kind of a crazy short circuit. Um, I'm not even sure the words I want to use for it. It really doesn't make any sense for them. I just, I guess they thought that at the time that this agreement was written up, that if, all, if somebody did find a five or a 10 million ounce deposit, that they would want to be able to back into it. But 60 days doesn't really give you enough time to determine anything. And 
And quite honestly, if there was a big underground mine found there, we'd probably be thrilled to have a partner. We're going to get into some numbers later in this discussion, but from a capital expenditure standpoint, let's remind audience members about the existing infrastructure and why is this paramount to the value proposition? We're planning on building up an open pit, a heat bleach. There are already sort of several roads established on the property. The, the pits have already been, and deposits have already been established. And so for us, it's a relatively simple job. And we've looked at three or four different models for this property and the plan, but I can tell you that we're going to keep it simple. I mentioned earlier that we're going to employ contract miners to mine it for us. We're going to operate an open pit at about 4,000 to 4,500 tons a day planned operation. Uh, That will be mined, hauled to our central facility on the west of the property. It'll be two-stage crushed, agglomerated, and then stacked on our leach pads. And the cost of doing all that's about a $14 million U.S. build. We're not buying rolling stock. We're not buying our own crushers. We're contracting that out. So effectively, we're running a simple agglomerator, uh, stacking on our leach pad, and, and then running a simple carbon recovery circuit, probably no more than four carbon columns, and then shipping carbon off to have it stripped. I mean, Idaho's one possibility. And so no ADR plant, saving another 3 or $4 million in CapEx there alone. The, the, the operation is simple. There is enough water in the region. There may be two months. Current water balance studies indicate that there's two months of dry season. Uh, and uh, there's enough power in the region for all of our operations, with the exception of the crushing. We will have to generate power for the crushing. But other than that, it's a relatively simple operation. No milling, no tailings compound, uh, and, and no big... Not a lot of concrete being poured. You've, you've effectively got three concrete pads being poured. One for a crusher, one for the uh, contractors to um, uh, change oil on their vehicles on. And then, uh, and then one for your agglomeration region. And that's about it. So relatively a simple, easy build. What is your relationship with the community, and are they on board with prime mining? You know, that's probably one of the greatest things about this whole deal. And I, you know what? We've got to get into some of the management of this. So our executive chair is a gentleman named Dan Coons. Dan has a storied career. He was CEO of Ivanhoe Mines. He was CEO of MK Gold. MK Gold was a Morrison Knudsen spin-out that built Castle Mountain and American Girl in Southern California. But in addition, Dan Coons was a founding director of Chesapeake Gold. Chesapeake Gold is 90 kilometers away with their Matates project, a 20 million ounce gold deposit. Dan Coons has a very good relationship with the locals in this community. Dan was able to get us a meeting with the mayor of Kosala the day after we went public. She got us in touch with the president of the local Ahido. Now, Ahidos are the communal group that control the surface access rights. 
and much like many parts of the world where you have First Nations that control service access rights or various landholders, the Ajito is the group in Mexico. And without the Ajito on your side, you're not building a mine. Anyway, we were able to, two days after going public, have a meeting with 70 members of the Ajito, and they granted us instant access to the surface rights on the property and voted in favor of building a mine. They wanted a small annual payment, and they wanted us to fix their roads so they could get in and out of their communities better, and they want us to help them with water during the dry period. Very simple, easy proposition, and it was looked after. We will be saying more about the Ajito shortly in public disclosure, but suffice to say that we have an um, access agreement with the local Ajito. We have a very good relationship with the mayor of the closest community, Kosala. We have good relations with the governor of the state, and we have excellent relations with the federal government. Our legal counsel for this company was number two in the Ministry of Mines federally. So all in all, very good um, operating status in the region. Are you fully permitted? No, we are not fully permitted yet, but we are working towards that. We will start the permitting process this month. We have engaged a firm out of uh, Mazatland to start that process, and it's about a 12 to 14 month process based on two other companies that we know operating in the region. So we, we don't suspect that's going to be a, a significant pro- difficulty. It's a, uh, it's a very mining friendly region. There are several members of the community that really want the work rather than having to drive 250 or 300 kilometers to work in the mines. They're looking forward to an operation here at Los Reyes. We've discussed the good. Let's address the bad. What can go wrong and what is your action plan to mitigate that wrong? You know, that's a tough one. This, this project's got a lot of things going for it. It's had a lot of money spent on it. We, we know the resources there. We know the metallurgy's good on it. It's had column tests run. We know that, that recoveries are good. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything geologically that, that sets, this, sets this company back. Uh, permitting might take a little longer. You know, maybe it's We've seen companies do it in 12 months. We've seen companies do it in 14 months. Could we get a little delayed with permitting? Maybe. Uh, other than that, I really don't... You know, I guess the only difficulties may be in funding. You know, markets can get tough. It can be hard to finance projects. But, but our, current, our company's currently funded all the way through the resource we're going to deliver the PEA that we will deliver next April or thereabouts. And so sometime next year, we're going to have to raise about $20 million to take this through to production. And, and that'll, be our, that'll be our tallest order, raising the $20 million to put into production. Now, having said that, we've already talked to a couple of Mexican banks. I just came back from a trip to London. I was with several funds and bankers there. Everybody seems to really like this project. So I don't see, I don't see too many difficulties there. Uh, I, I really don't know. I really can't think of anything that that stands out as, as being a showstopper here. And and you know we've been working on this day in day out for months now. And I don't think anybody in the company could would tell you that there's anything here that stands out as 
worrisome at this point in time. And and the one last thing I just keep I'll add to that is that you know go through our management and have a look at the depths of the people in here. They our COO has built four mines in Mexico alone. So. Well, let's get into the people right now. Uh, we've covered the project. Let's cover the virtue that Prime Mining offers to the market, equally important, which are the people. Sir, your team has a proven pedigree of success. Let's discuss the people responsible for increasing shareholder value. Mr. Bowering, please introduce us to your board of directors. Uh, Executive Chair Dan Coons. Dan, as I said already, Dan is the CEO or former CEO of Ivanhoe Mines, CEO of MK Gold, an 80 million IPO on NASDAQ, and Dan is uh, involved in this company on a daily basis. Uh, Dan has built a couple of mines just like this and has already spent two or three weeks on site and, uh, and is keen to build a mine here at Los Reyes. In addition, uh, I'm the CEO director, uh, major shareholder in the company. I have owned my own drilling company for about 20 years. I have built several other companies. My last company is currently Millennial Lithium. Uh, just went through definitive feasibility on a lithium project in Argentina. Started at a very small market cap like this company and reached the high of about 480 million market cap February 2018. And Still around 150 million market cap today. Uh, Greg Liller is our COO and a director. Greg Liller, fluent Spanish-speaking geologist from Tucson, Arizona. Greg spends two weeks on site out of every month. Greg has built four mines or been part of the team that's built four mines in Mexico, including Ocampo from first drill hole through 12,000 tons a day open pit and 2,400 tons a day underground. Uh, for Gammon Gold, uh, Uvio de Oro, Magistral, and El Cubio. Uh, aside from Greg, we've got Paul Larkin. Paul is an independent director and a founding director of U.S. Geothermal, which sold last year for about $250 million U.S. Jorge Ramiro, a good friend of mine. Uh, Jorge is... Um, an advisor to IM Gold, uh, Frontier, Mag Silver, oh, several others. Jorge operates a, a capital firm in Hong Kong, but is Mexican and has very good roots in the Mexican community and is helpful to us. And then we've got a couple other very respected geos that sit on our board and are. Uh, uh, involved in the geology and the exploration efforts on this company on a regular basis. And then to round it all off, we've got a uh, CFO that's operated for several mining companies and some capital markets guys that help us out in the public realm. So a solid, solid team that's been there, done it before, have all had great successes and, and are here to do it one more time. Let's get familiar with the team members that will have boots on the ground. Who do you have on your technical team? Well, so as I mentioned, Dan Coons is our executive chair. Dan operates an engineering firm out of Boise, Idaho, called Daniel Coons & Associates. And under Dan, we have two or three engineers and a geologist operating out of Boise, Idaho. And they're working on all of the engineering requirements, the leach pad engineering, the carbon recovery circuit engineering, haul roads, 
uh, electrical consumption, and all those sorts of things. Greg Liller and our VP Exploration, Bruce Kinlan, are working on the modeling. We rent our own software and are modeling all of the data. Let's get into some numbers. Sir, please share the capital structure for Prime Mining. Prime has about 58.7 million shares out. It has never had a share issued on it, I think lower than 20 cents a share. There was a very small financing of about a million and a quarter units at 20 cents. The last financing round before this deal was done at 26.6 cents, and we currently financed at 30 cents. We went out to raise 6 million. We ended up raising $8.7 million, non-brokered through friends and insiders. I'm one of the largest investors in the company. I have $3.5 million of my own money tied up in the company. I do not take a salary from the company, nor do I accrue one. I work for my equity position. Aside from me, anybody that did take a salary or deserves a salary swapped out their first-year salary into equity of the company at $0.30 a share. We are all in this to build something successful and return it back to shareholders. There are a couple other mining engineers that have a couple of percent stake in the company, and then there are a couple of funds worldwide that came into our financing. Uh, aside from the 58.7 million shares issued in outstanding, there are 22 million warrants or thereabouts exercisable at 50 cents for two years. If those warrants were to come in due to a strong market, that would be all the money we need to get this thing to the finish line. How much cash and cash equivalents do you have right now? Yeah, we have about just under $4 million in cash right now and, uh, and are fully funded to deliver that new resource to the investors at the end of the year and, and the PEA um, mid-first half next year. How much debt do you have? Right now, there's $1 million in debt in the company. That is a note payable to me in March of this year when we first put this deal together with Monera Alamos. There was that, that $1.5 million U.S. payment due to Vista. I made that with two other parties. We put up $2 million Canadian to make that payment. On the financing closing, August 30th this year, we paid back those two arm's-length investors and I agreed to keep my $1 million loan in the company uh, uh, at the direction of the board for, for conversion later or, or, or payment later when, when it was in the company's better interest to do it. What is your burn rate? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question because it really varies on, on what tasks we have going on. And, you know, we've been buying a couple of trucks and little bits and pieces here and there and paying for surveys this and different parts of the property and engineering services here and there, but I'm going to suggest it's around $200,000 a month right now. Who are the major shareholders? I'm one of the largest shareholders and my family and I control well over 15% of the company. Uh, Monera Alamos owns 17% of the company. Our board controls about another 10% of the company. A, a fund out of Australia called Terra Capital owns 4% of the company. 
and Commodity Capital, Luxembourg owns six or seven percent of the company, and then some a bunch of our a bunch of our supporters, our friends, some some mining engineers that recognize what we have own you know two or three percent of the company. So uh, it's it's over fifty percent owned by by uh, our supporters. And that and that addresses one of my next questions, which is what is the float? Uh, I know you have a lot of capital invested in in the company, but when was the last time you purchased shares and at what price? Uh, last time I guess I purchased shares was in the financing that closed August 30th. Uh, I would think one of my family members has purchased stock in the company within the last two or three weeks. Are there any redundant assets on the books that we should know about? Yes, there are a couple other assets. There are six or seven grassroots properties in Sinaloa State, Mexico, that are that are in the company. And, and we're just trying to determine what to do with those now. We. We have Grupo Mexico looking at one of them, and, and I have to get back to them shortly on on a potential disposition cost. Uh, they're looking to see what we would want for it. There's also a, we have a 50% ownership in a gold cobalt prospect in Idaho that sits next to Gervois' Idaho cobalt project. And, we have to determine what to do with that as well, but I, I think we will be divesting of it at some point. Are there any change of control fees? And if yes, what is the compensation? No, there's none. I, um, I, I'm really opposed to those sorts of things. I, I don't, as I mentioned earlier, I, do, I just I don't take a wage from the company, and I, I don't <laughs> believe in, I don't believe in those fancy golden handshakes that really penalize shareholders because management did something successful. I, I'm just not in favor of them, so there aren't any. Quite impressive. Is management charging a consultant fee for any services? No, I do not. Uh, Dan Coons does not directly either. Dan Coons takes no pay. But, but we do hire two of Dan Coons' engineers. <laughs> and, and I believe that we are saving the shareholders money by doing that because I think that they're making things much easier for us when it comes to hiring the independent engineer to vet our final PEA. I, I think that the cost savings will be significant. In closing, multi-layered question. What is the next unanswered question for Prime Mining? When can we expect a response and what determines success? Well, we're going to deliver a resource to the market sometime in the next 30 days, I believe. And, and that's just the, like, the resource that's out there now at 530,000 ounces and 10 million ounces of silver. That's a TetraTech resource calculated in 2013, re, repapered or replated in 2018 by Minera Alamos. We, we need to be satisfied that all that work is correct, that it's accurate. And, and that it's right. So a new resource coming in the next 30 or so days, uh, a whole bunch of new results from the property coming over the next two months, and then a PEA coming shortly thereafter that talks about this whole plan as an open pit heap leach, what it's going to look like, what the costs of it are going to be, what it looks like it's going to be able to make, what its operating costs are going to be, and it'll be a very good statement for shareholders, and we hope to have that delivered by about April. And then, and then it will be simply waiting to 
for that production announcement decision. Quite exciting times uh, for Prime Mining. I look forward to the press releases here in the near future. Andrew, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about? Uh, just running companies, just running this company, you know. what What's next? When do we... You know, when you... Uh, I like to work, Maurice. I've worked hard all my life. I'm 60 now. I love doing this, and and I can't let it go. And so... I, I lie in my bed and I think about what about this, what about that, what what's it going to look like when this data comes in. Um, this the, the success of this company is what keeps me up at night. Well, you know, I can vouch for that. You and I have been corresponding here in the last month, and uh, we're talking at all hours of the night, uh, no matter where you are geographically. You're you're on the task, and you're trying to increase shareholder value. I can I can vouch for that. We've had some discussions offline here, <laughs> Mr. Bowering. Last question, and that is, what did I forget to ask? That's a good question, Maurice. Uh, you asked me what keeps my mind up at night. Well, I can continue, and I can think of things all the time. But you know what? I think you've done a really good job picking picking the main points of this thing and, and getting out of me what needs to get out. I don't think there's, there's really nothing else we need to go over right now. Um, I am required to, to give you my answers sort of in the context of 43101. And so, but what I would like to do at a future date is I'd like to actually get into how that mining plan looks and talk about seven-year mine life and up and how many ounces of annual production and, and things like that as, as our relationship grows a little more. So, Well, we look forward to having you share yeah. that with our, our subscribers here. Mr. Bowering, for someone listening that wants to get more information about Prime Mining, please share the website address. Our website is primeminingcorp.ca. For direct inquiries, contact Jeremy Ross at 604-428-6128. That number again is 604-428-6128. Or you may email Jeremy at primeminingcorp.ca. Prime Mining trades on the TSXV, symbol P-R-Y-M. Before you make your next bullion purchase, make sure you call me. I'm a licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments. We provide a number of options to expand your precious metals portfolio. From physical delivery, offshore depositories, precious metal IRAs, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Call me directly at 855-505-1900 or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. Finally, please subscribe to Proven and probable.com for mining insights and bullion sales. Andrew Bowering of Prime Mining, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.